Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Luke 17. I won't hold you long. Luke 17, verse 12. Then he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. They lifted up their voices, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. So it was as they were, as they went, listen to this, as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a, the, the, the Greek language is mega voice, <laughs> with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. That's significant because nine of them were Jews, but he was even more of an outcast than a leper. He was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Where were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this stranger, this foreigner? He said to him, Arise, go your way. Listen, your faith has made you whole. The Greek word there is sozo. I'll explain it in just a moment. I want to talk to you for just a moment on be made whole. Be made whole. In order for you to understand and appreciate this Bible story, I need to go into detail for just maybe five minutes and talk to you about how severe leprosy was. It is a type of sin. It is a comparison in Scripture to sin. And you make the parallels. Listen to it carefully. Ten lepers, all suffering from the same disease, all facing the same tragic death. It was impending, it was coming. All having a funeral for a part of their body every day. Something on their body would be infected and die in the, in the worst stages of leprosy. Your body literally begins to break off into pieces. And they're having a funeral every day for a piece of who they used to be. All outcasts from the temple. Not allowed to go to the temple. Not allowed to go and be with their family. Ever to touch, hold, see their children, their loved ones. Not allowed in public. No hope, no tomorrow, nothing to look forward to. Nine Jews, one Samaritan. All together. Brought together by this horrible disease. Lepers in Bible days were part of the walking dead. They lived a horrible life like zombies in the night, coming out only at night, scavenging like wild dogs through heaps of trash piles and, and trash dumps. And going through, they couldn't provide for themselves, going through anything they could to find enough, to scrape together enough to live and eat. It was a horrible existence. No contact with the outside world. All they had was a funeral every day for some part of their body that had broken off and fallen from their being to watch your fingers fall off. They were the first to go. The furthest extremities from the heart, the toes, the fingers were the first to go. 
one after another after another. It wasn't if, it was a matter of time. It was going to happen. Then the hand, then the arm, and it, so on, all the way over the body. And it was a horrible, horrible existence. Leprosy starts with specks on your eyelids. The palms would then contract the disease and it would begin to spread through the whole body. One of the effects of this disease is it kills the nerve endings so you can't feel. It, it, it was not a disease that racked the body with pain. It kills the nerve endings and so you lose all feeling. Many people would get infected and die because they would burn themselves and not feel it or they would have splinters and it would get grossly infected and they would not even know it. And so just like sin, people do it long enough and they don't feel anything anymore. They used to feel conviction. They used to feel bad. They used to feel like I shouldn't be doing this and this. But you do sin long enough and a part of you has to be buried every day. A part of your character, your integrity, who you were, who, who, how you loved Jesus, that part of you little by little starts dying and you bury it. And then you lose your feelings. You lose your feelings for people. You, use, you lose your feelings for natural affections. The Bible. That's how, that's how men walk off from their own children and go with a new lover and never speak to their kids again. It's not natural affection. You lose all... Sin will take all your emotion and feelings for things you ought to love and care about. But it takes and takes and takes and parts of you just start dying more and more and more. Continually... We see this picture of ten men running toward Jesus in desperation the best that they could. Lesions tend to be inflamed on the skin of a leopard, distorted faces, body parts that are missing. The cartridge in the body and the nose is one of the first things to go. So the nose is without form and it just lays flat. In the lips, uh, the cartridge is gone and so they sag downward. Exposing the teeth and the gums. Uh, the nose dissolves. It becomes flat. The lips hang down. The face is disordered. Disease eats the inward into the bones. And the bones rot while the person is alive. And then brittle and break off piece by piece. The skin becomes literally mummified while the people are walking around. Infection consumes the body. It takes the body parts uh, again, feathers from the heart first and works inward. At first you can hide leprosy. It's just a spot. It's just a part of the body. You can cover. Naaman, for example, was a Syrian general in the Bible and in the book of 2 Kings 5. And he was a famous, rich, wealthy man. And he hid his leprosy for a long time. You can cover sin up. You can hide it for a while. But it's a matter of time before it spreads and gets in every part of you. It gets in your feet and it affects your walk. And it gets in your thinking. It gets in your lifestyle. And you've seen people, they didn't mean to start out going so extreme. They thought they could control it. And you can cover it for a while. But before you know it, every part of you is covered. It's spreads and it's on your forehead it's in your thinking it becomes who you are the final condition is is you're then banished to a leper colony banished where there's no cure for the disease and you're separated and you live with people who are just like you who have the same disease the final thing that sin will do to you is it will break you off from everybody who loves God righteous living 
a good life, giving you godly counsel, and you go to a spiritual leper colony and live with people who live just like you, who are dying just like you of the same sins and addictions that you're in. This is what sin and this is what leprosy had done to these two men. And the ten men heard that Jesus was coming their way. And they said, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but when they heard Jesus was coming, they had heard that he had healed another leper, that he had touched the leper. And they had heard about it. And, and they had never had a human touch them since they had leprosy. It had been decades for some of them since they had been touched probably. And, 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 and this is a man who touches the untouchable, this Jesus. This is the man, maybe somebody heard that he was the great physician. Or maybe somebody heard he's no respecter of persons. But whatever it was that they heard, it, it moved them in their horrible condition. Some of them without fingers, hands. Some of them a, a stub for a foot where a foot used to be just a bloody stub and they're limping and they're doing the best they can, maybe crawling, maybe on crutches, but ten of them, all ten of them coming at Jesus, desperate to get help for their condition. And the Bible said that when they cried out and they said, Jesus, have mercy on us, that Jesus gave a strange instruction that He gave no other sick person in the Bible that He ever healed. He never told the man at the pool of Bethesda, go show yourself to the priest after 30 years of sickness and you'll be healed. He just said, be healed, and He was healed. He never said to the blind or the crippled that He healed or the dead that He raised, go show yourself to the priest. But to these ten men with the condition that they had, he gave a strange instruction. He said, go show yourself to the priest. In other words, what Jesus was saying was, the condition that you have, no doctor can heal. No psychiatrist can heal. There's only one answer. There's only one thing that can restore you and stop the spreading death of a little piece of you dying every day of your life. There's only one place you can go to. You need to go to the temple. You need to go to the house of God. You need to get in church. You need to get a priest in your life. You need to get a man of God. And we know that Jesus is our high priest, but He also was saying there's only one answer to this problem. It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. And the Bible said, as they went, I love it, I love it, I love it, as they went, as they started going to the temple where the priest was, that as they went, they were healed. That, 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 that you may start coming to a church like this, and you don't get it all every time you come, but if you just keep coming as you come, He begins to heal your brokenness, heal your addiction, heal your life, heal the parts of you that are falling to pieces, heal the relationship. As they went, they were healed. And, and I could see them at somewhere in the journey, somebody noticed that the lesion was no longer runny, and, and it was no longer oozing and, and something that happened, the disease had completely dried up and he said, oh my God, it stopped. It's not taking any more of me. No more pieces of my body are going to fall off. I've been healed. And the other one says, I've been healed. And they run home. I could see them running home and when mama saw them, she runs out in her apron screaming, crying, my baby, my baby. And the dad is running from the field, plowing in the field. And the siblings gather around and they're holding that loved one that they never thought they would get to touch again. 
And while nine of them are experiencing that, only one of them, when he was healed, turned back and worshipped Jesus. I want to talk to you about what he gave Jesus. I'm going to call it leper worship. Because God can't, ex- God can't resist leper worship. There's a difference between leper worship and worship because when he came and fell at Jesus' feet, how does a leper worship? In the other story of Jesus healing a leper, when he came down off of the mountain, the man completely eaten up with the disease fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped him. And the question I had was, for what? What do you say? What does a worshipping leper say? Thank you for the fingers that I don't have. Thank you for the ears that I don't have. How do you worship when you have horrible things, parts of you dying every day? How do you worship? And, and, and here's, how, uh, here's what worship, leper worship is. Leper worship is not about praising God and thanking God for what He has done or is doing. Leper worship is when you worship God for who He is. And he did not focus because there was nothing good, nothing sweet, nothing powerful, nothing positive going on in his life. As a matter of fact, it was literally falling to pieces. But he said, I'm not going to worship you for what you've done for me. I'm going to worship you for who you are. You are still good. You are still God. You are still comforter. You're still my Savior. You're still the only hope and the only answer that I've got. And so I worship you from my soul. I worship you not for what you've done but for who you are and every now and then you need to give God leper worship if I don't ever get the car if I don't ever get the promotion if I don't ever get the boyfriend if I don't ever get married if I don't ever get anything again I know my name is written in heaven and your Lord and your Savior and I give you leper worship and God cannot resist Leper worship. Every now and then, our church needs to get our mind off of our little boxes that we check of our prayer list. I asked for this and God did it. And so now that dictates how much praise I give God. And we need to come in here and just give Him leper worship. And say, if you don't answer another prayer in 2017, worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. My heart sings this song again. I'm not praising you for what you've done. I'm praising you for who you are. How many of you know he's the lily of the valley? How many of you know he's the bright and morning star? How many of you know he's the fairest of 10,000? Would you give him praise tonight for who he is? Who he is? Who he is? I hope you get the contract. I hope the deal goes through. I hope your dreams come true, but you should still at the least give him leper worship. Hallelujah. Leper worship moves God. And the Bible said when he worshiped, Jesus gave him something that he did not give the other nine. He said, Be thou made 
whole. Your faith has made you whole. The word whole means complete with no lacking parts. The word whole means altogether. The word whole means unbroken, undivided, undamaged. All parts are restored. The other men who went home still looked like what they had been through. The truth is, we are not told they got healed of leprosy and it stopped spreading. We are not told that the, growth, that the disfigurement left. We're not told that the ears came back, the nose came back. We're not told eye sockets were filled again with eyes. We're not told that fingers came back because I don't believe and I don't think that in any way does the Scripture imply they were healed of leprosy, but it says nothing about them being made whole, completed, restored. But when this man began to worship Jesus, Jesus said, I'm going... And can you see him while he's worshiping? His nose <laughs> was flattened out, but now it's back. And, and, his, and, and his fingers, I don't know if he had a bloody stub that he was raising up, but suddenly the fingers are restored. The feet are restored. His whole body is restored as he's worshiping. And Jesus says, be thou made whole. All parts are restored. Nine went home still looking like lepers. But one went home not looking like what he had been through. The power of worship, ladies and gentlemen, is when you learn to worship God for who He is, even when it seems like He's not paying you any attention or helping your current situation, but He's still good, and He's still God, and He's still Jehovah, and He's still mighty, and you worship Him for who He is, then He says, I will bring wholeness back to your life. And you don't look like a leper. I think when he went home, his family said, you don't look like a leper. He said, well, I was a leper. But I don't look like one. And that's what people think about us. They come to church. and We've been through losses and been through heartaches and been through lonely nights and been through fiery trials and been through rejection and been through disappointment, been through death and bereavement and sorrow and pain. And they look at us up here praising God. And they say, I can't even relate to these people, these little churchy people. They don't have any problems. Look at that preacher up there. He don't know nothing about life. He don't know nothing about nothing. He don't ever go through nothing. He works one day a week every Sunday. And he just lays around the rest of the world. That's what people actually think. We just don't look like what we've been through. Because we've learned that, that, that if we'll worship God, He'll restore the things that we've lost. He restores our soul. Oh, he restores our peace. He res it comes only when you turn back and you begin to worship. Because God doesn't want you to look like where you came from and what you've been through. If you will allow Him, He will so heal you that, that, that people won't believe that that's who you used to be. See, they all saw the, the, the effects in those other nine of what they had been through because they got redeemed, you could say. They got cured. They got healed through, 
through, through a miracle, and that's salvation. But it's not until you become a worshiper that God begins to restore your life. Like he said in the book of Joel, I'll restore the years the canker worm has stolen from you. I'll pour out my spirit on you, on all flesh, on the leper part of you, and you'll never be ashamed again. I'll restore your confidence. I'll restore your self-esteem. I'll restore your dream. I'll restore your call. I'll restore your, restore your purpose. If you'll worship me. I've been through it, but I don't look like it. You know, if you smoke five packs of cigarettes a day, it's a matter of time before you look like it. Skin's going to get rough. Going to get that. Yeah, I mean, you just smoke them all day long. You ever seen people that just smoke like, just chain smoke? It's a matter of time if you smoke like that, that you look like it. You got your little dopey friends and you get your roach clip out. You smoke weed and all y'all sit around all day. And you pass the roach clip around. And y'all do that every day, every day, every day, every day. And it's a matter of time before you start looking like a roach clip. It just, it just happens. Your hair gets crazy. Your skin gets crazy. Your clothes look crazy. You look like a hoochie mama. You just, you, you, you just let yourself go. You don't care. What's up, man? Underwear all hanging out. Pants down on the ground. It's underwear because it's supposed to be under your clothes. That's what underwear means. Just trying to help somebody. People walk into a church like this and they see people. I want, to t I want to shock you, but all around you are people who don't look like what they've been through. All around you are former alcoholics and drug addicts. and All around you are people who were lost and in bad sin. All people who were messed up. People who were on their way to hell. Some in gangs. Some, some, some in all kinds of stuff. Shady stuff. Crazy stuff. Players. Three and four girls on the side. Now they're sitting in church with their wife holding hands and almost making out while I'm preaching. I see some of you making you... I mean, you can't hardly keep your hands off. What happened? You don't look like what you've been through you got in church and he cleansed you and you started worshiping and he said i'm gonna i'm gonna restore your whole life oh only jesus can do that folks you you don't look like you were raised without a father in your life Look at how good of a daddy you are. Yeah, I got in that men's class and God started teaching me the word. Javon didn't have it, but he's a great father now. He's got it now. I'm telling you, God can make you look like what you did. You don't have to look like what you came from. Woo, I wish somebody would shout because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He made you whole. He made you whole. He made you whole. I mean, I look across this congregation, I see, I see your clothes are perfect, matching. Hair looks good. And some of you women look good too. 
I mean, that's just the guys in here. But you should have saw us before Jesus got a hold of us. Oh, but I just feel like I'm, I'm trying to move on in my sermon, but I feel good in my sanctified soul right now. I want to tell somebody that you don't have to look like depression, grief, and sorrow. I know you've been through, maybe you were abused as a child, but you don't have to look like that pain the rest of your life. Jesus can so restore you that all that does is remind you of how far he's brought you by his grace. Take a praise break and give God a thanks. Turn back. Turn back and give him leper worship. Leper worship for who he is. For who he is. I see these guys from, no long, from uh, Dream Center and the girls from Dream Center. I love you. When you go back home after you get out of this program, you're not going to look like where you came from. All your homies are going to say, I don't even recognize you. And they're not going to want to get around you because you're not the same person. Hallelujah. Calm down, Jensen. Calm down. I feel like running. I feel like shouting. I feel like, I feel like telling the devil he's a liar. I'm not a prisoner of my past. Turn to somebody and say, if you're embarrassed now, wait till we get to heaven. Wait till we get on streets of gold. My God, what have we gone to tonight, Hazel? Sit down. Sit down. I'm almost there. People on crack. No, we're not on crack. <laughs> God wants to so heal you. So restore you. So bring back the lost parts. Anger won't make it happen. Whoever hurt you, whoever left you, whoever abandoned you, you got a choice. You can be angry. Whoever abused you, you can be angry or you can become a worshiper. And if you'll worship, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't understand. I don't know God's his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But I know one thing. That he doesn't make false promises. And if you'll worship him, you're going to be made whole. The brokenness is going to have purpose. There will be a blessedness in the brokenness. Nebuchadnezzar said, heat the furnace up seven times hotter, throw the Hebrew boys in there, three of them. See him rubbing the window, looking in. And he turns to his assistant and says, how many did we throw in there? He said, we put three in. He said, well, why do I see four? And the fourth man looks like unto the Son of God. Sometimes the only way you can get to God is to go through the fire. And... And he said, shut the furnace down and bring those boys up. I hope that fourth one doesn't come with them. I'm scared of him. <laughs> and the three Hebrew boys came out, but this is what's interesting. I believe it's Daniel 6, or I think they've got the scripture. But it says this, it says, And not one hair on their head was singed, neither did their garments have the smell of smoke. 
They didn't look like what they'd been through. They had been through a fiery trial. But that fiery trial was not going to be how they would be defined the rest of their life. We've all been through sorrow and heartbreak. And all you got to do is live a few years. All you got to do is raise some kids. All you got to do is go through life and, 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 and you'll lose somebody. You'll go through a dark, dark season. And when you do, the enemy wants to label you with depression and discouragement and hurt and pain the rest of your life. But God says you can go through the fiery furnace and not smell like what you've been through. I'm, I'm saying to you tonight, I'm saying to you tonight that if you'll worship God, don't just come to church and sit and watch people worship. But when you're being broken by life, become a worshiper. Turn it, in, turn it into worship. That God says, when I see that, I can't resist leper worship. I don't have anything good to thank Him for. Thank Him for who He is. He's faithful and He's true. I want you to take a sniff of the person next to you. Just say, and say you don't smell as smoky as you used to. I'm glad you keep coming because you, you're losing it. You're losing it. You're not you, It used to be every time I got around you, all you did was talk, sing your somebody done somebody wrong song about how somebody hurt you and somebody hurt your feelings. But now I've noticed you start talking about the Word and talking about the Lord and talking about the future and talking about His goodness. And that's what happens. God doesn't want you to smell like where you came from. The prodigal son jumped the pig pen fence and started home. And when the father saw him afar off, he grabbed the coat, grabbed the shoes, grabbed the ring, and ran out before he could get home and covered him in beautiful, expensive clothes because he didn't want the boy to look like where he came from. He got home, he looked like a businessman. <laughs> they thought he went on a business trip. Only one to bring up his past was the older brother. Father never brought it up. Just a little church member. Sister Bucket Mouth. But the father never one time said anything about his past. Read the story. It's always the elder brother, the self-righteous elder brother. I've done everything right. Never thrown a party for me. Father didn't want you to look like where you came from. That's why Legion in Mark chapter 5, a man who had a legion of demons, a legion was a military, Roman military term meaning 6,000. Were 6,000 soldiers in a legion. He had 6,000 demons inside of him. And your Bible said when Jesus came to the shores of the Gadarene, he fell at his feet with 6,000 demons and worshiped Jesus. Nothing is authorized to stop your praise. He wasn't worshiping Him for what He had done for Him. He had 6,000 demons. He was worshiping Him 
for who he was. And Jesus, listen, Jesus cast the demons out of them. And the Bible said he was sitting clothed at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Because Jesus doesn't want you to look like where you've been through because he would cut himself with the rocks. The Bible said he had scars all over his body, but Jesus clothed him because he didn't want him to look like, he didn't want him going around with his scars. He wanted him covered. Not looking like he, he had been through what he had been through. Because he had been made whole. He was in his right mind. I'm almost done. But listen. We often talk about Solomon's temple. How beautiful it was. When I was traveling in Europe and preaching at the Hillsong Conference in London and preaching a conference in Europe and Sweden last few weeks ago and then the one in, in uh, Australia and, and all of that. I went to several cathedrals. I went to Westminster Abbey. I went to several of those. took hundreds of years. One of them 150 years to build that building. And it was spectacular. It was gorgeous. And I couldn't help but think of Solomon's temple. We call it Solomon's temple, but technically Solomon did not build it. God told David, he said, I'm not going to let you build the temple even though you want to and you certainly know how to build. I'm not going to let you do it because you're a bloody man. You, you shed a lot of blood. You're a killer. He said, your son is young and tender. He, he doesn't know how to build nothing. But he was wise. And here, here's what wisdom does. When you don't know how to do something, you go hire somebody who knows how to do it real good. And he found a guy named Hiram. Read it. And he hired him. He was a master builder. And he built the temple. And when he got through, Solomon put his name on it. <laughs> Wisdom says, I don't have to do everything. I need to find people who can do it better than me. That's wisdom. They make me look good. That's what I got right over here on the front row. They make me look good. That's smart. You ain't got to be everything. Just be smart enough to find those people. That was worth coming to church for right there. <laughs> now listen to this. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. If you had walked through one... Uh, Dake, Dake's annotated study Bible says that he estimated, he actually did a... a uh, and this would, this would be almost 20 years old, I guess. Um, but he did a study of Solomon's temple and said that it would be valued at over a billion dollars because of the gold, the silver, the precious stones, the... The, the emeralds, etc. You read if you read the, about that temple, it was it was marble and unbelievable, unbelievable, a billion dollars. If you walk through it, you would say, "Oh my God, oh my God, look at that, look at that, look at that." Oh, but he didn't know where all that stuff came from. Solomon didn't. If you really wanted the story of the temple, you'd need to get David to walk you through. Where did the gold come from? I attacked the Hittites. God told me to, and I took their gold. Took all their heathen gold gods. Put them in a melting pot. Sanctified it. Dedicated it to God. And now it's the God box, the Ark of the Covenant. It don't look like where it came from. It's bringing glory to God now in the temple. 
where, where, where did those stones on the breastplate of the high, those precious jewels, where did they, those 12, that representing the 12 tribes, they're priceless stones, where did they come from? Oh, I pried that out of the Amorites, God. They used to burn their babies. And I, I, I saw those, those emeralds and I, I took my knife and pried them out. Out of the eyes of a false god. Brought it back and sprinkled some blood and told the priest to put some blood on it. Got it good and dedicated and sanctified. And now the priest wears it into the Holy of Holies. Where did, where did this property come from? Oh, I, I bought this from the threshing floor of Ornan. In one of the darkest seasons in the history of Israel, tens of thousands of Israelites were falling dead under a curse. And I stopped the plague by buying a piece of property and offering God a sacrifice. The man tried to give me the property and I said, you will not give me this. I'm not going to offer God something that didn't cost me something. I'm buying this piece of property. But if you could see it now, it looks magnificent. But the truth is, it was one of the most darkest places in Israel's history. But it doesn't look like what it's been through. And now we fast forward 2,000 years and here we are in church. And the son of David named Jesus looks out. Everything in that Old Testament temple was once in the heathen world. It was taken out of the heathen world, dedicated to God, and it didn't look like what it had been through. And it brought glory to God. And God said, I could use her. I think I'll pry her out of everything the enemy had her in. Set her right in the house of God. I could use him. I think I'll put you in the choir. I think I'll put you on the praise team. You, you, yeah, I know everything about you. But I'm going to take you and wash you in the blood and dedicate you for my purpose and set you in the house of God. And... We don't look like what we've been through. Look at us. We, we don't deserve to be here on our own righteousness. And what I'm trying to say to you is that if you'll become a worshiper, He will so restore you. You say, but you don't know what's happened in my life. We all have gone through something that we could let define us the rest of our life. But I've learned that if I'll turn it into worship, I'll hear Him say at some point, be made whole. I put you back together. I put your home back together. I put your family back together. And it only comes through leper worship. And when I see these men and women from the Dream Center, and I see men and women all over this room, I say to you that you're never wasting time when you've got earplugs in your head, your private time listening to worship. In those times, lift your hands and let the tears flow because your fingers are growing back. Parts of your life that you thought were dead and buried... You may have never had a father, but he's going to bring a father. You may have never had a husband, but he knows how to bring everything that the enemy stole. He knows how to regather and restore your 
soul. Do you believe that? Stand to your feet all over this room. Lift your hands up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.